The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome. Thank you for being here. This is um, class three in our abbreviated intro to mindfulness meditation series. The first week we talked about mindfulness of breath and body. Normally we would spend a whole week on each of these and you'd have a whole week to practice with just one and then the next and then the next. So, um, And when we talk about mindfulness of breath, which is usually where instructions start, we start with the breath because it's sort of one of the easiest parts of our direct present moment experience to pay attention to. It's changing. It's something you can feel in many different parts of your body. And uh, it's often what is um, developed for people into what we call often, the word often that's used as an anchor, Um, a tether, an anchor, uh, um, our main kind of object of... um, to hold us, help us stay present in the moment. So kind of like a, a boat, when you come into the harbor, you drop a, a line with an anchor to, to help the boat from drifting out or into the shore. In the same way the ocean carries the boat, our thoughts and our emotions will carry our awareness, you know, consume us, and, and we get lost literally uh, lost at sea, the sea of the mind and, uh, or the sea of the emotions. Um, so it's helpful because in this practice what we're trying to do is, is to be kind of here in this present time experience. And the best way to do that and help, help us is to stay connected to your actual present moment experience. So breathing is one of those present moment experiences uh, that can help us stay, stay grounded, stay connected to the present. Yeah. So breathing is... um, Also, I like to kind of, I have a lot of reverence for the experience of breathing. It's um, the first thing we do when we're born. And it's the last thing when we die, as we exhale. It's pretty profound, right? And sometimes I like to think about it as, um, there's a way you can cultivate a relationship with your breath that is like a companion, and so it's the longest companion in a way you can have in your life is, you know, mindfulness of your breathing. So the body, similarly, and some people will use sensations in their body or sound as an anchor to help them stay connected to the present moment. Um, the body carries a lot of history, a lot of wisdom in it, memories, And actually, you know, there's a lot of science that shows that 
the brain is connected to the gut and the heart. There's a lot of communication between the brain and these organs. And that it's actually a source of information for us. And there's, um, Celine Sebastian says, um, sensations are the language of the body. And listening, feeling, is the way we listen. The way the body feels heard. So to receive that experience, the felt experience of the body, is the way the body feels heard. So... Um, it's very helpful to cultivate mindfulness of the body. Very, very supportive. I, I really can't imagine a practice without it. And last week we talked about mindfulness of emotions. And the um, the word motion is in the word emotion. Emotions are meant to move through us. And when they get stuck and trapped is when we tend to run into trouble with them. And when we over-trigger them, we get in trouble with them. So I talked about a quote from Jill Bolt Taylor, um, and that the she, when she did her research and study, the the lifespan of an emotion is ninety seconds. So from a physiological perspective, an emotion lasts ninety seconds, and then if it keeps going, it's because we're re-triggering it. So it's the activity in the mind and our relationship to the emotion our reactivity to the emotion, our agreement with the emotion that keeps it going, keeps it going. So we talked about practicing, trying to just let kind of open up and allow a feeling to move through you. To sort of witness the, the lifespan of the emotion without perpetuating it or suffocating it. Now, we don't want to do that when we're getting overwhelmed with the emotions. It's, it's panic or you know, intense fear. Sometimes we actually need to do something to distract our mind, to get ourselves focused on something else. Um, the Buddha talked about you know, some extreme measures one might use to help oneself stop with thinking and getting caught, and that included biting your tongue. So... <laughs> So we have to be skillful and wise in determining when we can be with an emotion and let it move through us and when we need to help ourselves find a a useful relationship and way of relating to help us through so we don't get in a cycle, perpetual cycle. And that brings us to what we'll talk about tonight, which is thinking. But before we do, I want to invite you know reflections from your practice this week questions, anything that's coming up for you tonight that um, you want to share before we start exploring thinking. And the microphone's right there. If anybody dare to pick it up, there's one right there too. Oh, I told, yeah, we're recording. Is it? Yeah. 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 Like the soundbite I took away from last week was the 90-second rule about emotions. And I was on a Zoom yesterday morning, and I was rushing to get onto the Zoom 
And I was making a smoothie and I took the lid off the smoothie because it wasn't pushing down right. And I pushed it with the plunger and the whole plastic plunger ate got egged into the smoothie <laughs> and so like my ang- like it, wa- it wasn't anger I was more angry annoyed at myself and then I had to sit on the zoom and try and be interested and then I was talking myself down as like I think I can salvage some of the smoothie but I could feel my heart race racing and everything and then in the end I just I said I need to step away and turned off the screen and tended my smoothie caught what I could (laughs) and which was half I put it through the sieve I've come up with a solution but it was just turning off the screen and just like right I need to tend to this because I need to eat and I'm hungry and I'm just going to spiral if I don't switch myself off and walk away so I thought that was pretty good of me Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I guess throughout the week, one thing that really has helped me is to really believe that emotions go through a very short period of time. I mean, that, you know, that's why it's called the emotion. And so, because I'm so aware of that now, I have had several situations where, you know, before paying attention to that particular thing, I would have probably very likely get engaged into some type of argument or being sarcastic or, you know, do something, because usually that's how you react. But now that I know that it's just an emotion that can very easily pass, rather than me provoking a reaction, it you know, really helps. I mean, so. And then the other thing that have really helped me is also to realize that I actually enjoy doing the meditation, but it will only work when I want to do it. So I cannot really schedule it. So like, for example, I have tried, you know, it's a couple of weeks now since I've been attending these classes to try to do it when I wake up or, you know, before, I don't know, midday or one or two, some specific time. It doesn't work for me. Uh, somehow throughout the day, I feel like, oh, this is the perfect time for me to do it. and that seems to be something that, when I do that, I'm actually, I'm successful in achieving some of the benefits of meditation. So those are the two things that um, I'm getting out of, you know, I guess all this practicing and learning what works and what doesn't work for me. Great, great. Sounds um yeah, sounds good. You know, I, I think that finding finding our own rhythm with meditation is really important. And as you grow your practice, you know, it, you're likely to find more and more times that it works. Meaning, you know, what what does it mean to work? Too. That's the other part, right? So the idea is to come into direct connection with the present moment. And um, the more we do that, I think there's something inside of us that wants to do it more. Yeah. Use your mic. Use your. That's okay. (laughs) I'm not really forcing myself 
yeah. into meditation, but rather it's something that I actually enjoy it. So. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Any experiences this last week or reflections, questions you want to share? Um, probably the first two weeks I noticed myself looking forward and wanting to do the me- meditation at home. And then this last week has been a little bit stressful. I've been trying to get references, references for jobs and stuff oh. like that. So trying to corral people. Um, so I don't want to go into the meditation stressed out, but I know it would probably help. Um, so I feel like I've, I'm kind of in an in-between point where I know and I feel that it's helpful. But at the same time, I'm, when it gets a little harder to do, I almost don't want to taint it with having to do it and versus like doing it out of more um, mm. sort of voluntary, uh, um, even though I know it would be beneficial. <laughs> I feel sometimes that um, it's the attitude that we take, okay, I'm going to meditate, and it just, like, this is not working. So, okay, I'm just going to sit down here and just feel my body, feel my breath. I'm just going to close my eyes for a few minutes. Sometimes the meditation can take just one minute. It's, it's a moment of connection, like Tanya was saying. And maybe not taking it too seriously. <laughs> like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and uh, breathe a little bit and reconnect and pause and calm my nervous system and, and see what happens. I think, um, I think why are we meditating? Like we want to, I mean, we may have many reasons. Like uh, you want to feel more grounded, more centered, like uh, more, more at ease being able to respond rather than react, all those things. So if we're trying to get to meditation with that opposite attitude, it doesn't make much sense. So okay, what is it that I want to achieve? It's like calm, gruffness, whatever. So, okay, so I'm going to invite myself to, to do that and see where it takes me. Because sometimes yes, we tend to be very <laughs> okay it's meditation time you need to sit down and I don't for personally that doesn't help me at all uh, and sometimes it's okay I'm, I'm just gonna sit and close my eyes for a moment and usually helps a little bit and sometimes I can only sit for two minutes and okay that's it I'll, I'll try later I'm appreciating all of your engagement very much. Hi, welcome, welcome back. Um, we're just checking in about the last three classes and um, answering some questions before we start talking about mindfulness of thinking. Is there anything that you want to share or ask before? We... Can you see this microphone? We're being recorded for people in the future. Well, there is uh, only. Um, I have to remove this. No, no, just hold it close. Okay, yeah. Um, recently, uh, well, I guess more than recently, I've been thinking about peace as uh, uh, mathematics. Um, like in mathematics, we. Uh, talk about differentiation and integration so <clears throat> so one theory i have 
developed is uh, if this is like a small differential element of the cosmos of the universe and there is peace let's say dx for this element <laughs> and then if we do the integral dx dy dz dt including the time dimension that becomes like the cosmos um so um so that so we have peace everywhere mm. so that is uh, so what we do in a differential element uh in a small environment it gets multiplied or integrated into the mm. universe that's essentially something i've been reflecting on or even presenting here or otherwise mm. any comments fun. you have or any yeah well that all of the scientists here responded to this. yeah yeah so uh, i'm a scientist and um i like i like the way you're you're putting then i mean the the beauty of math uh bringing that into into this practice is is quite nice to listen to you thank you so much for that mm-hmm. yeah i i always for many for a few years, I doubted that, oh, but I'm a scientist. I, I could never be a teacher. Like, but I just love this practice so much. <laughs> uh, I think I, I learned quite a bit there, like a lot of the um, expectations that we have about ourselves. And it doesn't matter where you come from. Uh, this practice is for everybody. I mean, if, if you're willing to give it a try. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And as a non-scientist, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think the power of this practice is to understand how what we do on our own cushion impacts everybody we come in contact with, and it reverberates to the whole, the whole, the whole of it all. So, thank you for bringing mathematical proof to my experience. <laughs> yeah, I, this is Oops, let's yeah, use that. You have to push on the little This is meant to be like uh, I've tried to simplify it so much that uh, you know uh, it it is understandable by anyone. It is not uh, necessarily meant for someone who knows calculus or mathematics. So it is meant to be more simplified and. I wanted to add that. Thank you. Just checking the time. I would like to invite us first to just maybe close our eyes for a moment or it's not a long meditation, just kind of like centering and grounding a little bit and finding a comfortable posture and feeling your body on the chair, maybe a little, some shoulder rolls or 
head movement, just really be comfortable. And feeling your breathing, feeling your body. And I invite you to to see what's happening in your mind. What are, what are the thoughts, the thinking? What are the images in your mind? The sounds in your mind? The echoes of the day? Just notice what's going on. Is the mind rehearsing or telling stories? Thinking back to that discussion in the morning and finding the right words that you should have said. Or thinking what you're going to have when you get home, or what you're going to do tomorrow. Perhaps the, the sounds, my voice, the words kind of evoke more thoughts more thinking. Just notice that. Notice the intensity, the volume. Is it Loud, is it soft? Is it colorful? Is it black and white? I'm taking a deep breath and opening the eyes. When we decide to pay attention, what's going on in the mind, it can be quite surprising to see how many things happen in the mind. Like, even while I'm speaking here, I'm thinking about something else. Did I lower the volume of my phone? Did I turn it off? Did, did I lock the door when I left home? <laughs> I mean, there's always, the mind is, even when you're listening to me, a word I say is going to evoke something. And I think there's, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but they say that even in a conversation where you're listening to something in TV or something, it's like you pay attention maybe to 50% of the things at, at best. 
Because our mind goes, oh, this is so interesting, and just goes away. When, when we start meditating, when we see to meditate, it's not unusual that we get that rush of thoughts. Like the day, we see the day coming through our head or something that bothers us. It becomes so clear. Um, it happens to me that I forget more often that I care <laughs> about that, that that's normal. And I often get a little discouraged, like, oh, man, here I go again. It's like, okay. <laughs> so feeling the body, the breathing. But that rush of thinking, and it depends how your thoughts, how the way, the way you think, images, sounds. Even the taste in your mouth can be evoking so many things. The sounds of the train, there's always something. And, and that's normal. That's what the mind does. I think is we are sometimes a little conflicted about it because I think by now you may know that we're not trying to have a blank mind, stop thinking. What we're trying to do in meditation is to be aware of what's happening. And sometimes that when the thinking becomes so obvious, um, we don't like it. Or sometimes there's something that we cannot get our mind off, like something very nice that happened and you just keep going back. And like just it's, thoughts are like Velcro, I think. You say sometimes you cannot get, like you want to know again, you want to feel that again, and yeah. And that's totally normal. And so what we're trying to do with mindfulness of thinking is not get carried away by it. Not no, just go sit down and just be miles away. When we sit down to meditate, we want to be present. But we want to notice our thinking. Um, if sometimes... As I was saying, like I'm talking, you're listening, and there's many things happening in their mind. When we don't recognize our thinking, uh, in a way, the, the thoughts are called like the dictators of the mind. We end up doing what our thoughts are telling us. But if we become aware of how we're thinking or what we're thinking, we start having a little bit of choice in there. So with mindfulness of thinking, we, we could try, I'm a scientist, so I like kind of the steps. So I hope that works for you. <laughs> kind of the, for me, is the first thing that you do is you become aware that you're thinking. You, you, you're breathing, you're centered, you're connected to your body, you're paying attention to your breathing. And you know that you're thinking. We don't get involved with the content too much. Like, okay, here, here I go. I'm thinking again, but I'm here. I'm breathing. I'm breathing here. It's just, it's a very light touch. I know I'm thinking. When we feel more stable, we 
could start paying more attention at the content of the thinking, because it really matters, um, especially recognizing, recognizing what we think one thing over and over again. What is it that's bothering me so much? What, why am I coming back to that over and over again? So we get a little more uh, in depth with the thinking, but still we try not to get carried away by the thoughts. Um, Tanya was mentioning the anchor, and uh, that, that, that image works great for me. But one, I'm a very visual person, so for me what I imagine is a helium balloon that is attached with a string to the table to a rock on the floor, and it's a windy day. Or have you seen those, I don't know, those plastic things in the, that the, the, the wind is blowing and the thing is moving, but it remains in place? For me, mindfulness of thinking is a little bit like that. <laughs> like I'm still here, but I know I'm thinking, and that is so interesting, but okay, I come back. I think it's a little bit like that. Um, and as with feelings, with emotions, we know where, what thought we want to maybe investigate a little bit, but come back here, and what thought we really need to, okay, I'm not going to think about you. Like, well, I don't know what the equivalent to biting your tongue would be for a thought, but... <laughs> But okay, like breathing, breathing, or counting, maybe, or something that will keep you here. But yeah, being aware that I'm thinking, not necessarily paying attention to the content. That's kind of the first level. And then maybe I can pay a little bit of attention. Well, I'm really remembering a lot here. Like, oh, interesting. Or I'm planning, planning what I'm going to do next week. I'm making my list of Thanksgiving, <laughs> things like that. that that's, what, that's what happens in meditation. And something else that is important to notice is the attitude that we have. Is it bothering me? Is it bothering me this amount of thinking, oh, all that train of thought. Sometimes, as, as I was telling you, I sit down to meditate and like, oh, again. Like, wow, that's, what is my attitude there? Maybe I can bring a little bit more kindness to the way I'm paying attention to my thinking. So this is normal. That's what the mind does. So I can, okay, it's okay. Let, let's maybe imagine uh, that you're sitting meditating and, for example, somebody else is talking, but you're still there. You, you can listen that they're talking, but you don't pay, you're not paying attention to the conversation that they're having. You just hear, listen. A little bit with the thoughts could be that. Or things happening in the street. It happens that you have a view to the window and you're meditating and you can see how the uh, light intensity changes but you're meditating, you're here. That could be something like that. Another thing that, as, so I know I'm thinking, I know the kind of thoughts I'm thinking, I know my attitude towards that, and I can soften that. I, it's nice. It helps me to be present. The, the more bothered I am with my thoughts, the easiest I go down the rabbit hole. The kinder I am to myself, 
I said, yeah, this is normal. The easiest it become to be mindful of my thinking. I think we also tend to over-identify with our thoughts. And uh, what, what are the thoughts at the end of the day? So is the activity of the neural pathways in our brain electric activity, uh, chemical reactions more with neuroreceptors, all the complexity of the anatomy of the brain? Our, we receive so many, so much information, like terabytes of information all the time. And our brain is, oh, connecting this with this, remembering all oh, that other thing, making all this connection. Oh, I need to protect myself. I need to look for things that I like, that are good for me. All that is happening all the time. So we really cannot control our thinking. Sometimes we're going to have thoughts that are like, Wow, <laughs> that's kind of amazing. So all that to say that um, I'm not my thinking. I'm not my thoughts. The same way that I'm not my emotions. Uh, I'm not sad. I'm feeling sadness. Um, just the thought is not reality. I think a good example about it is, suppose you're, with, you're meeting new people and um, somebody that you see that something about that person, their appearance, it reminds you of somebody with whom you have a complicated relationship or is wearing something that you just don't like at all or their accent, the, how loud they speak, and, and oh, there's something that you don't like about that person. So that's the thought. You're kind of calibrating that person. And then it happens that later you start talking to that person and you have a lot in common and you can connect and there's you have such a fun conversation. So, yeah, that first thought about that person wasn't accurate. It, it, it's not that person in reality. It was just what you were thinking. So when we recognize that, we have that possibility. Do I believe my thoughts? Or maybe there's something else in there. So I hope that that makes some sense. So what I'm going to invite you to do, I want to make sure we're good on time. Yes, perfect. Um, We're going to do a short meditation, and I'm going to invite you uh, with the thinking. Okay? So let's let's do that. So okay. So find a comfortable posture and adjust your posture the best you can. Like really to soften and, and relax the body. Let's take a couple of deep breaths. Inhaling by the nose, bringing the air to the belly, and exhaling by the mouth. And 
and finding your normal breathing. Notice your feet on the floor. The contact with the chair. Let's go to the to the head, bringing the attention to the head and making any adjustment so it doesn't stress your shoulders or your neck. And softening the eyebrow and the lips, the jaw. Bringing the attention to the shoulders and allow them to get away from the ears. Noticing the weight of the arms and softening your hands. Bringing the attention to the chest, noticing the expansion with the in-breath and the softening with the out-breath. Notice the abdomen and see if you can soften, release any holding there. Noticing the weight of the torso, the hips, the pressure against the chair. Notice if there's any contraction on the legs. As the legs were ready to start walking to to go. There's no place to go, nothing to fix, nothing to change right now. 
Notice the contact of the feet with the floor and becoming aware of the body, the whole body, the breathing. Noticing the, the life in your body. Perhaps bring the attention to the sensations of breathing. Or maybe to the sensations in the hands or the feet. Just Choose your anchor, what works today, now. And rest your awareness there. You're connected to your anchor, the breathing, the body. Notice your thinking. Is it images or sounds? Concepts? Stories?
Notice if they're changing, appearing, disappearing. Maybe you got hooked into a thought, an idea. Just notice it. Notice how it feels to be distracted. How the thought expresses in the body. When do you notice the thoughts? When they're just starting to form in the middle of them? What's the attitude? Wanting, aversion, is it pleasant, unpleasant or or none?
coming back to to your breathing or your anchor. Stay there for for a few moments. Acknowledging the thinking. And yet resting the awareness on the breathing on your anchor. surprising thank you for getting me so I have a question about a statement that you made going into that meditation and you said that I am not my thoughts so when people do unspeakable acts are they waived because they are not their thoughts and how do they act on their thoughts if they are not their thoughts they, they're not how do they act on their thoughts if they're not their thoughts oh okay I think speaking of a normal person not pathological conditions or anything like that. Um, when, when we act on impulse without thinking almost, I think uh, probably what has happened there is you've been feeding something in your mind, maybe a resentment or, I don't know, uh, somebody you don't like, and you just start creating all these stories about what's happening. You just start creating, and, and probably you don't even know that you're doing that. I mean, you know, but you don't know. Those kind of ruminating about the same thing over and over again. So from somebody looking from the outside, I'm just thinking of an example, from the outside, nothing else is happening. And then 
a word they said, and, and this person just reacts. It was, but there was so much already in their mind. There was this fiction of reality that it, it just needed an, a word, maybe, I don't know, that just triggers something, and then you have this super reaction, overreaction. Um, we can build our own internal reality just based on the narrative, the stories that we tell ourselves. Like somebody is late, oh, they don't respect me, here we go again. How can this person live that? And oh, it happens that, I don't know, there was so much traffic that they couldn't get on time. But we tell ourselves so many things. Um, and I, I don't think it's as simple as just thinking, isn't it? That, that emotions and just, we just don't see it. Just, I don't know if that helps. There's something else. Can I take a stab at responding sure. to the statement about you're not your thoughts? Have you ever... Um, witnessed your mind having a thought that you gasp that you had you're like I can't believe I just thought that have you ever had that happen no okay (laughs) Um, you know actually there's you know a mechanism in our brain that is just sort of might be akin to a thought making machine just yeah, puffing I've out. Had, I've had thoughts, but don't act on them. Right. So, so we how have, do people act on them? We. But you asked. You said we are not. Were you asking about? I am not my thoughts. Yeah. So I am not my thoughts. So I watch all my thoughts. Yeah. So if I go out and murder someone, uh huh, and I'm not my thoughts, but uh-huh. some things happen for me to go out and murder someone. Am I my thoughts? Because I'm thinking I want to go out and murder someone, and then I go and murder someone. So I am my thoughts because I acted on my thoughts. No, we're not our thoughts. Our thoughts come and go. They change all the time. So you might have a very strong thought that you, unfortunately, I don't even want to think about that particular thought personally. But um, it's not a permanent state who you are. Is not a you know a thought is a thought comes and goes and changes, and so do we. We're, there's no like permanent thinking. One person thinking one way of thinking. Our thinking changes. Our identity changes. Who we are in a certain circumstances changes, and we can all be anything. We could all become that. We all have the potential to become that. What we don't want to be. We see it depends on the conditions mm-hmm. and the awareness that's present at the moment of those conditions. You know, this is the pra- part of the practice: is how to be wise, to be aware of, and choose which thoughts, which feelings, which impulses we follow, mm-hmm. and which ones we let move through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of the uh, this 
story about the, I, I mean, I, I have heard that it's been related to Native American culture and several, but basically we have two wolves inside ourselves and an aggressive, violent, um, despiteful animal and then a kind, loving, caring wolf. So they're always in battle. So which one is going to win? And the grandma said, is the one that you feed. So we're capable of horrible things and we're capable of wonderful things. Good. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Did you have something you wanted to share about your mindfulness of thinking? Um, I think this week has been more stressful for me, so I think that's probably why I've been avoiding doing some uh, exercises at home. But getting back to today and doing it in person kind of reminded me of how uh, beneficial or helpful it's been. Um, So it's been nice to sort of uh, become familiar with not having to avoid something. Or I think if I have a perfect day, then it sets me up to be primed for a nice meditation day or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think um, going to like thoughts or things like that, um, being able to have uh, influence or momentum and pushing or steering a certain direction we want to go, um, it's just nice to exercise that and mm. and do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we, like what Tanya was saying about emotion, it's the same about thoughts. Sometimes they're too much, or this this so repetitive that is is overwhelming. So go for a walk, go for a run. I, I don't know, <laughs> just. Switch ideas, read something inspiring. Uh, I think is as, as the more we practice, we start noticing like this is too much. I need to do the wise thing to do is something else. Other times we can sit and hmm, interesting and watch it. <laughs> but yeah, there's always the middle way. It's not that you have to do this or such. No, there's no such a thing. And I think it's uh, normal too to have good days or bad days or exactly. you know, good meditation days and not so good meditation yeah. days. Exactly. Know? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Any other comments before I... Yeah. Hello. Hi. Um, I um, made a fantastic list of things I need to do when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> and was very aware of myself making a list at one point um, and decided uh, just to be kind to myself and realize uh, I've done enough for today. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> nice. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to, to quote is a um, quotation from a book called The Dance of Shiva, um, written by a Sri Lankan author um, Anand Kumaraswamy. Uh, there are 14 essays which cover all um, 
philosophies and practices and uh, in particular on Buddhism uh, he talks about uh, the thought that even the thought of having uh, violence is equivalent to committing violence. So being in command of uh, our thoughts, if I can say that, is important. So, and that, I think, that goes well with, you know, the having a good day or a bad day. So if we are able to have only positive thoughts, uh, whatever, you know, whether, you know, devoid of, you know, whatever, anything which is not uh, uh, positive, then we will have a good day or good time all the time. Uh, I, I guess that's uh, mm. so. Uh, I mean, and you know, there are these three degrees we talk about. You know, the para, and, and if we read Gita, Bhagavad Gita, the and the para uh, vacha and karma, which is essentially there are three steps. So it begins with the thought. It translates to a word and then the action or if we just re remove the intermediate step you know from the thought to the action so I, I would just uh, state that if we are able to train our mind uh, to think positive to have positive thoughts um, then uh, we are able to be mm -hmm. in a positive state of mind or like mm -hmm. you know, they, I, I don't know if that is kind of well, I think what everybody is yeah. kind of maybe summarizing I, I think controlling our thoughts is very complicated <laughs> it's very difficult to I don't know the connections our brain does sometimes is that very bizarre and like well I didn't see that coming but I think with the practice is this idea that I'm not my thoughts. And thoughts are just thoughts. So you can see them go. I mean, if you, if you wait long enough, something else is going to come through your mind. So it's like, I mean, it's your inclination, the direction, your intention, all that stuff. But we're going to have weird thoughts. And you just see them. I think with the practices, even if we have a bad day, we can be okay. If we have a fantastic day, we're okay. We can remain centered. Doesn't mean that we're not enjoying or we're going to have pain in our lives. I mean, life is going to come no matter what. Death, disease, issues, trouble, everything is going to come. But can we stay centered? Can yeah, this is part of life. Can we just remain like uh, the the um, the these uh, simile that like life is like the ocean, an ocean with a huge storm, and what the practice brings us is the calm that can exist at the bottom of the under underwater could be a huge storm and underneath is calm there's possible to be well we're not trying to we cannot control that but we can find that place where we can be okay 
it's yeah <laughs> and you know there's different philosophies mm-hmm. and so we're teaching one here <laughs> yeah we're teaching the theravada vipassana philosophy approach which is you know different than maybe what you're talking about there's components of of the theravada practice where we cultivate and support well-being the brahma viharas these heavenly mind states but um, but part of part of the practice is learning how to uh, to be with, to recognize and see thoughts, um, not identify with them, and to be wise with them, to have wisdom, be present with the observing of a thought, the engagement with a thought. So, so if I'm understanding correctly, hold it closer and make sure it's on uh, you. You were saying that, um, and, and also again, what you mentioned that we're not our thoughts, right? Right. And I'm a hundred percent in agreement with that because my understanding is that we end up being our own actions. So I can have a lot of thoughts, but me is the actions that I take with you know, whatever I do. It's basically that's who I am. And I think thoughts are just always around me. And somehow I cannot really control them because I will be repressing them. I just have to live, you know, accepting them and accepting them, the good and the bad, and focusing more on how are they going to impact my daily activities, you know, my actions or, I mean, is that more connected with yeah so let me move yeah so let me move into this next little um education part and then another little we'll see where we get but so um one one way to think about this too is so we're really right here we're practicing becoming aware and what's most important is the awareness being aware of the thinking Right? We can be aware and have a thought happening. We don't have to become the thought, the content of the thought. We can rest in the knowing. Right? So, um, there's a, one nice way to describe this is to imagine sitting on a, a little island and you're sitting there on the shore and it's like awareness is here observing. And we witness a thought, and the thought is like a ship, and it's coming by. And the sh- the ships, to represent different kinds of thoughts, are different kinds of ships. For example, a warship, <laughs> right? We have a lot of anger happening in our mind. Or then there's the party boat, and we're having all kinds of, of pleasure fantasies. <laughs> and And then there's the poor me raft that's barely, you know, making it. Oh, right. So there's this way of learning to stay on the shore, to witness the kinds of thoughts that are coming and to see the impact of those thoughts. So, you know, more important than the, sometimes I think the total content is to see the wreckage or the impact or the tone, the emotional energetics of different kinds of thinking. And as we sit there and we watch this and we see how we get caught on the warship and we end up two weeks down the, you know, 
peninsula and we have to trudge back up and sit back down again. You know, after we do this enough times, we start to go, uh, oh, uh-uh, I'm not getting back on that boat. We It takes time. We're going to get caught. But the more we get, sit back and watch and observe, we grow wisdom. And the wisdom is becomes natural. Like going to touch a hot stove, We once we learn it's hot, our hand pulls back. We don't want to touch the heat. In the same way, we grow a wisdom that is that just knowing, that just deep, that goes, ooh, that thought, uh, that's painful. I don't want to engage with that thought. So the, this mindfulness of thinking is the beginning of creating the capacity to sit back and observe and grow our wisdom. Yeah? But the final purpose then has to be, I mean, we do this... Um, we do this meditation for a reason, a, a, a fundamental reason at the end. Freedom. And I assume... Freedom. Well, it, for me, the freedom of an action then. So in other words, if I'm contemplating, you know, all these things happening the in front Buddha of says, me... The Buddha says a thought is an action. So freedom from even but, that But level. if I'm just looking at the distance, all these different things happening in front of me, and that, I'm just contemplating them, and... You know, I cannot just be contemplating my entire life. I need to, at some point, no, no, do no. something. No, absolutely. With, so a, then, so then we make a decision, I guess, based on yes. where I'm going to be going with. It's something. like um, you go to the gym to build your muscles, mm-hmm. right? But then you use your muscles in life. We sit on our cushion to build the wisdom. We build the capacity to witness, to observe. Then we have that strength, that capacity to observe and be aware in our life. And you use that capacity then? To make choices, to be free from the compulsions and reactivity, to, to be able to be wise and free from greed, hatred, you know, or delusion, to have clarity and freedom around that and how we are with others, a non-harming presence to ourselves, to others. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Absolutely, absolutely. Beautiful. Just, this is so great. Your engagement is just awesome. (laughs) So... um, How are you right now? Just check in. Notice right now. How are you feeling in your bodies? Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I need to tell the group that I'm not thinking about turning into a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) And what it was when I was driving over, I don't know if you heard about the four young boys who got murdered at the University of Virginia. No. That that story was just on as I pulled up. And it's like what compels somebody to go and commit such a senseless, violent act. And so when you were talking about I am not my thoughts, 
now I'm clearer about that because I'm seeing my thoughts, but I don't have to act on those. And sometimes when we are on autopilot and somebody might say something to us and we have that visceral reaction, it's like yeah. you get defensive over something. But now if you kind of calm, slow down, you can actually rewind, like you can play that in your head and then it's like, oh, that's because when I was five, I was like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Or just, oh, you know, yeah. Ouch. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm glad that happened for you in this process. That's great. Um, let me just see, um, look at my notes here. Um, so this idea of the show boats or the different kinds of boats is one way to help you in meditation start to shift toward noticing the general form type of thinking rather than just getting immersed in the details of the thinking, right? So being able to uh, just have a brief label or a note like, oh, angry thought, you know, worship, oh, poor me thought, you know, just like that's sort of the, the depth that we need to go is pretty light in terms of Generally, when we're meditating, unless something's really repetitive, then we need to spend a little more time with it, right? So this idea just gives you an idea of how to practice mindfulness of thinking. Sandra also was talking earlier about noticing we think differently. We don't all actually think the same way. Some of us are very visual thinkers. We have vivid imagery, colors. Other people, it's more like, shadows or impressions of images other people it's like they see letters and words in their mind they they're like reading a screen their thinking is like that other times it's it's a dialogue an inner dialogue a very clear voice how do you think do you know i'm still learning and it changes so this is another way to become curious and interested in thinking in the process of thinking it's nature we think that's part of the the organ of the mind is to think and can we we get so merged with it get so caught in the story of it we don't step back to see it in these ways right it's like mini movies and we're the star of the movie we don't even know it's a movie you know we're we're, we're in it so these, these are uh, tools to help us have a little space and a little more awareness around the experience of thinking. There are things that fuel our thoughts, and this is an important part to pay attention to as well. Emotions, obviously, can really fuel thinking and vice versa. There's a real strong relationship between an emotion, and thinking. So learning and being curious about, and like, oh, if you're finding yourself having certain kinds of thoughts, maybe check in and say, you know, what's the emotional issue? What's the tone, emotional feeling going on here? And then see if you can practice a simple mindfulness of emotion, feeling it as a sensation in the body and not connect it 
to the, the thinking. Um, also, I am identification. This is me. The more we identify with our thoughts, the more we're going to fuel them, power boost them, right? Supercharge them. And focusing on the content and the story is also another way to really get lost and fuel them, to fuel the process of thinking. When we get very caught in that storyline, you know, yeah, and then this happened, and then that happened, and if I'd just done this, or they looked that way, and then there was, we were, wow, like, you know, this is when we get into the minutia of it instead of go, oh, remembering, for example, remembering. Can you feel the difference? Okay. Um, And then, you know, clinging. So what are we clinging to, right? Like, for example, (laughs) if I really don't want someone to get hired to do a particular job at my work, I can really cling to what I don't want to have happen, and just get really caught up in it. And a lot of suffering, the more I'm clinging to that, the more I can't sleep, the more I distress, the more upset I am about what's happening, right? Because I, I want control over what I can't have control over. I might be able to have a vote, but I certainly don't get choice, right? Um, greed, right? Wanting something. Like, that's another form of clinging, but that feeling of wanting pleasure or wanting this or that will fuel our thinking and hatred. So, these strong, kind of energetic, emotional kind of qualities, paying attention to them and, and noticing if they're present. It's, easy, it's actually possible to, um, if we're feeling a lot of greed or hatred, instead of staying focused on the story, the object of greed or hatred, we can actually just go, what does it feel like to be hateful? What does it feel like to have greed? And that can help us go, oh, ah. And then that natural wisdom of, I don't want to suffer can arise. Right? And that helps us to, to let go, to get disenchanted. So when you're meditating, you are going to think it's natural thinking happens. Sometimes we have periods in our meditation where our mind isn't that busy thinking or our thinking is so subtle it it feels like we're not thinking. But being aware of thinking and creating wise relationship to it is very freeing, very helpful. Um... Yeah. So, think emphasizing this idea that we're not trying to stop or control our thinking as much as we are focusing on how we're aware of our thinking and relating to it. Yeah. So we're, you know, we have 10 minutes left, which is not a lot of time to do. I know, right? Hmm. Um, 
just wanted to. Yeah. It, it sounds easy, no? It's like, oh yeah, I just need to pay attention. I just need to be aware. Sounds, oh, it's a simple idea. Gosh, it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. It's so. It takes time. It, it really requires a lot of kindness and and care for ourselves, like to sit down and, ah, oh, that was a horrible meditation. I didn't meditate at all. I was just lost in who knows. Yeah, that happens. That totally happens. So just patience and a lot of care and kindness to, to ourselves. Yeah. And there's... um. You know, it's it may be some at some point. I you know, it's very there's this balance between sitting when it feels right and not sitting when it's not a good time, right? Because you know if you if your mind is filled with hatred and you know you're going to sit down, you're just going to be practicing hatred, <laughs> right? That's not so helpful. On the other hand, there's those times where maybe it's like kind of you're okay enough and it's it might help you grow some muscles to sit down and meditate even though it doesn't feel like the perfect meditation time actually you're you've got if you've got enough of it enough capacity for a short period of time to try and sit and be with and not become the the thinking and the energy you you're growing something and incredibly powerful in yourself incredibly powerful I found that at some point I made the commitment to sitting for five minutes every day you know when I started to get very serious about my practice I made at least five minutes just five minutes I'm going to at least sit down for five minutes and it, there was something profound that started to shift when I was able to sit down and stay there for five minutes, even when I was miserable. All I could do was cry or just get lost in thought after thought. But I did. I sat there for the full five minutes. And there's something that starts to grow in us that is very, very useful and powerful by doing that. By doing that, when you know when that that time is right for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love what you said. Um, to be with, not to become. Mm-hmm. That 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 really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any final? Reflections or questions before we move to the dedication of merit. I uh, I like the thought of sitting down and doing the meditation for five minutes because for every day um, I thought I had to do twenty minutes, and if I had a bad day, I thought, oh, I can't do twenty minutes today, so I'll just skip. And I think five minutes would have been helpful and being able to sit and um, feel or think, but not mm-hmm. become. Um, was pretty helpful because I thought, well, I did 20 minutes well last night, so I have to do it today or it doesn't count or something like that. <laughs> but um, I think also thinking we will have good days and bad days and, yeah. you know, um, 
forming or reinforcing that practice of uh, consistency yeah. is nice through the good and the bad. Yeah. I was in, in retreat uh, last week, a short retreat, and the first full day I was miserable. <laughs> like, oh my God, like I, I sat because I had to sit. It's like I'm, I'm at the retreat center, I'm going to sit. But it was, it was a very difficult day. And uh, I went to bed and slept when I was so tired of being miserable that I just slept quite well. And when I woke up, it's like, okay, here I go again. And I just sat on the bed, and it's like, what's going on? Like, I have, I have so much rejection of what I was feeling, what I was thinking. It wasn't just, I, it was all my attitude all, the whole day. And the moment I decided to see it, like, yeah. I'm sad. I'm having all these thoughts. I know. Okay, this is this is what's happening. When I just, I'm gonna let you be. The moment I changed that, the day went much much better. It was a full day in retreat, a miserable day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I need to sit down, and something shifts. Sometimes a little. Well, retreat is different, but. Sometimes it's just just sit there the five minutes and something starts shifting. I, I yeah, what you say is true. I, I promise you that will happen. Yeah. I just wanted to offer too that um, in the times when you're really energetically upset or agitated that. Um, in Vipassana practice, we don't always sit. We can walk. Right. And uh, I think one of the most fruitful meditations that I've taken have been those very energetic, very angry uh, meditations um, that I've done, a walking meditation, and being able to work off that energy and still be very mindful of what's happening both in your mind and in your body um, really helps discharge that uh, into something so much more manageable. Thank you, Nancy. Did you want to say something? Uh, pretty much what you were saying is that <clears throat> I think that if you're able to um, process these very intense, you know, really terrible emotions sometimes, that can be a very rich opportunity to yes. find the source of many things happening inside you rather than, yeah. you know, because I think kind of like midterm emotions probably are not really that difficult to meditate, but when you really reach the point yeah. where, you know, I mean, like sometimes, uh, hey, I hit the button and, you know, let's just blow up the world. I mean, you know, sometimes you might have one of those. If you're able to process and just, you know, pay attention and see them you know, coming and why, it, it can be a pretty interesting yes. trip again, a, a very interesting experience also. Absolutely. So, yeah, Absolutely. so I, I think that, you know, what you were saying, and you were saying I 100% in agreement with everything Beautiful. that. Beautiful. So, you know, this is the final week of uh, our three-week series. Um and I have a um, 
you know, we'll, Sandra will give you some suggestions. So maybe we should do that first. And then I'd like to do a dedication of merit ritual, if that's okay, mm-hmm. to kind of bring this time to a closure. And um, so do you want to? So I think... Uh, sure, yeah. Um, even though you don't feel like meditating, sometimes it really helps to put it like in the calendar. And if, if you say, let's say, you are in the 20 minutes, but it's a bad day, do it for five. Don't, don't just start building that, that muscle. Um, if it works for you in the morning, do it in the morning. If you have the time at noon, do it at noon. Do it at whatever time. Uh, in my case, when I started doing it, it was in the evenings. Uh, odd enough, I was tired and that, but it was what really allowed me to, I don't know, it's like, there's nothing else I can do. I'll just sit and meditate. There was no other thing that I could do. So for me, it was that worked. Um, so yeah, make it maybe a habit. And even during the day, those small moments, for example, just it takes 15 seconds to connect to your body. Three in-breath, three cycles of breath, being completely there, it starts building that. It starts bringing that, that habit. Um, when you're on a light, red in the street just I mean don't close your eyes or anything but take a deep breath connect where am I where is my body how am I feeling how is my body feeling how is my heart feeling what's happening in my mind and when you go into automatic pilot uh, obviously you won't notice while you're in it but when you realize that you're there it's like wow what happened? Get curious. It's like, imagine you're walking for the first time in an unknown place. You're all looking very carefully at what's this, that store, that, like bring that type of curiosity to your experience. Yeah. Um, what else, Tanya? Well, in the a handout, um, there's some, you know, homework instruct, you know, guidance. Mm-hmm. So there's a handout on the stage there if you want to grab one. But um, there's some suggestions for what you can do next to keep growing this practice and kind of develop, like um, reflect on your beliefs about your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, take a two-hour period where you track the kinds of thoughts you're having, right? And then take two hours during the week to track your intentions. So these are there's some more suggestions in here about how to continue to grow your practice around mindfulness of thinking. So that was actually one of my next following questions. Is great. so if I'm interested in continuing learning from your center, yeah. what would be the next, I guess, class step or great, great question? What do you think um, it's next in order to continue developing yeah. more clear understanding? Yeah. Um, well, one thing is I will be teaching with Don Neal a, a five-week, a full five-week introduction series starting January, in the first Thursday in January. So I would definitely invite all of you to come back and, and you know, do the series again. You can't do it too many times. 
Um, next month in December, um, we're going to be teaching um, Four Noble Truths, which is a, a lot about suffering and how to relate to suffering wisely. It's a huge part of the Buddhist teachings. And so if you want to learn about that, you can come same time next month. You know, we won't be meeting next week, but we'll be back the week after because next Thursday is Thanksgiving. Um, you can also, like, you know, online there's something called happy hour. So this is a Brahma Vihara in terms of working on creating good mind states, loving kindness practice. Every night from 6 to 7 on Zoom is, is a happy hour, and that's something to explore. Um, the... You know, if you feel up for it, Monday nights, there's a, I think it's a 45-minute meditation. It's a long meditation, and it's silent and not guided. Um, so, you, you know, that might be a bit of a, a leap, right? Um, um, Sunday mornings, it's a little shorter. It's like a more of a half an hour sit. Um, and so Sunday mornings, you could come. But again, it's not guided meditation. You could try the mornings with Gil. Those are fantastic, and he's doing at 7 a.m. on YouTube um, every morning. He does a half-an-hour guided meditation followed by a 15-minute dharmet. So it's 45 minutes of meditation and wisdom by the, our, our leader, <laughs> Gil Brownstall. So that's on YouTube every morning. If you go to our, our website, you can find the YouTube channel link from there. So what's next? Uh, I hope I see you in two weeks, you know, and you can try out these other things and pace yourself according to what feels comfortable for you. Um, and, yeah, res- don't, you know, if you, you can tra- stretch and try going, but if it doesn't work, don't give up. Come back. Come back here. You know, just like, yeah. Yeah. And there's audio dharma. There's plenty of guided meditations and dharma talks. And there's a lot of resources. So if you go to our website, insightmeditationcenter.org, you find links to the calendar and the audio dharma with all so the recordings. Registration, pre-registration sometimes. Uh, o- only, no. well, yeah, Sunday does. Sunday, I Sunday. Sunday and they ask me. Yeah, Sunday does. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't, nobody's going to turn you away. Unless there's too many people here already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That and that that can happen. Nancy manages. I, I, I check people. So. Did you get turned away, or did they let you come in? I think I gave her a different name. I registered it, yeah. It was fun. Great. Great. Okay. So it's 8.06. Um, I have a dedication of merit practice I really would like to share with you. You've done it before. Um which is, you know, the the way that we do this practice is for the benefit of all beings without exception. That is the way we're taught to practice. So we are learning for the benefit of all, our, ourselves included, and without exception for all. 
That's a big thing to say, all beings without exception. So uh, what I want to invite you to do is think about a group, a person, a cause that you are, know is suffering and could benefit from our benefit, the benefit of our practice. And if you'd like to name that, maybe somebody, Nancy, you could pick up the microphone and start. If you'd like to help us help our minds connect with this idea of all beings. I would like to uh, dedicate my practice this evening to um, the prisoners who uh, produce art for annual art show every year. Go ahead and just pass it, and you can just name or not if you don't want to. Yeah. When you talk about uh, benefit for all, I am, um, I, I, um, the name that comes to mind is uh, Ashoka, who was a disciple of Buddha, and he had once said, Sarve Manushya Praja Mama, that translates to that all people are his people mm. and it is his duty um, to uh, to ensure that they are all uh, well cared for mm. beautiful thank you um, uh, tonight's practice I'd like to dedicate to the Iranian protesters that are being persecuted. Can you take it over there, Richard? Thank you. Uh, I guess two reasons for me to dedicate tonight, uh, the practice of tonight is sincerely to everyone here, uh, for the two of you for, you know, fantastic uh, class and thank you also for your assistance and everybody else here and at a more personal level uh, you you guys probably know that there was an officer involved shooting uh, a couple days ago and so the five officers involved I worked with all of them and they were part of my unit when I was uh, working and I know that they're going through a difficult time so I also hope that they're finding some peace and tranquility because they were basically doing their job. Yeah, thank you. Um, Mine's a a simple one to my uh, dog, Dakota. (laughs) So if uh, I'm less stressed out and more centered, uh, her and I can go on longer uh, walks. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Do you want to name anyone, Sandra? Um, I'll dedicate this to Miles and everybody else who are in desperate need of resources, love, and support. Hmm. There's so many, (laughs) so much suffering. 
And I think I'm going to go in a very personal level here. I want to dedicate the practice today to to my dad. So um, may we all hold all beings, all beings named and remembered and, and forgotten and unseen. May all beings benefit from our time and practice together. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. A happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate or have